So this morning, the takeaway for uh, you is I want you to better um, understand joy. Uh, so it's a word we use often, much like love or hope. Uh, but in this season, I think it's helpful for us to what is the what does the Bible talk uh, about about joy? How do we get that? It's something that sounds great. It's something that we say the word probably more this time of year than any if we sing any Christmas carols whatsoever, right? Um, so, as but as we're doing that, I also want you to pay special attention um, to the passage that we're going to look at because. Uh, Mary is going to express joy. And so as we are walking through this, uh, and we'll have a couple of activities uh, for us to learn what it might look like for us, right, to enter into joy. So uh, Teddy Roosevelt um, said a very famous uh, quote that says, comparison uh, is the thief of joy. And that sounds right, and it sounds nice, but it's not quite right. See, comparison can be the thief of happiness, but so can, be, uh, so can many other things. Our issue is not that joy is often stolen, it's that we haven't been led into it. Now, when we think about uh, this idea, I want you to understand that joy only comes from, right, God. And we're going to talk about why that is. And so whatever we think about joy, we need to let it be defined, right, by Jesus, and particularly uh, what uh, the coming of the Messiah brings into the world, but also need to personalize it and what it needs to bring to, to life. That it's not just this joy uh, that is undefined. It needs to be specifically defined in us. And so this is what uh, Mary helps us do as we look at um, what the Holy Spirit leads her to proclaim. Now there are two verses, the two kind of sections of Scripture that I want you to write down in your notes to, to reflect on a little bit uh, further, the first is the idea that's expressed in Galatians chapter 6, right? Uh, the fruits of the Spirit. But joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Right? That each fruit of the Spirit is defined and taught for us by the Spirit that He has given us. Right? That if it is a fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit leads us into, right, this, uh, this joy. And so, so the Spirit defines it, teaches us, and leads us into it. Now, these fruits are not low-bar things that we share with others in the world, right? A lot of times, we, we struggle with, like, a lot of the things that Christians celebrate. A lot of times, like, oh, well, well regular people can do those things. And that sounds nice and good, but when we do that, if the world can define, right, something like the fruits of the Spirit, then we haven't quite touched what God means by that. Right, because he means for us to have something different. He means for us to have something more. Right? He means for have something that the world can't give. And so that's the first kind of point of emphasis is that if I, de if I define joy as the world defines it, if I can have it outside of Christ, then that's not what he means. So the Spirit, the spirit is going to define the characteristics of joy and where it's going to find expression through his power. The second, uh, the second scripture I want you to think about is uh, John 15, 11. And so the scripture should be up here. And it says, These things I have spoken to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. So if you're familiar with John, in particular this passage, what is going on here in John 15? 
Well, he's talking about abiding right before this. So he is connecting, right, that us learning to abide in Christ and all that that relationship brings to us, not just in connection, right, but in fullness, right? How many of you have friends that you enjoy, right, or have enjoyed like full fellowship, right, that their friendship pours into you something that means something to you, right, or has at one time that you don't currently, uh, that you don't currently experience? Any of you have friends like this that where they are, they have been to you as you lived in kind of full fellowship with them, that their life actually had a different level of impact at one point because they were kind of in your life more than they are now? Yes? Okay. The reason this is important is because a lot of times we don't distinguish this, these two things as it relates to friendship and our relationship to Christ. What I mean by this is when we're thinking about our relationship to Christ, we often think about a friendship just because I'm connected, just because I, let's say if John's a good friend of mine, just because we've shared fellowship at one point and we don't currently, I still like have that, yet I don't, right? And we declare it the same way. But when Jesus talk about abiding here, that's leading into joy, it is a full abiding. It is a active, right, ongoing right, relationship with Jesus that overflows, right, into other areas of our life. And so it's in this context, right, that Jesus tells us that these things I've spoken to, these, these teachings about abiding and the importance of it and what you can do through me if you abide, right, that that is the level of relationship, right, that allows joy to be in you. And I want you to understand this and experience this more and more because then your joy that you haven't understood before and haven't experienced before will be experienced to its fullness. And so Jesus' coming into the world is not just a random thing. Hey, he's here like we have internet available to us now and we didn't before. Right? But he wants you then to plug into right, the thing. He wants to empower this thing that he's talked about that you think, oh, that might be a good idea. And so those are the two things that we want to keep in mind as we look at uh, Mary's expression of joy. So, question. Is it good to be around a person who is excited? Yes? Okay. Why? What's fun about being around a person who is excited about something? Huh? It's contagious. It's contagious? What else? Why is it good to be around somebody who's excited about something? It really reminds us that we have something to be excited about. Okay. That we can actually be excited about something. All right, talk about this uh, just with your, a person next to you at your table. All right, here's a couple other questions. Kick this around. Is it good to be around a person who is excited? Okay, I know you have stuff to say, so just say it to somebody beside you. All right, the other question is, does an excited person keep their excitement to themselves? Like, are they just excited? You're like, I wonder what's going on with Robin. <laughs> right, do they keep it to themselves? Does it have to be expressed? Right, have you ever seen an excited person that didn't express their excitement, okay? Third question, 
When someone has a good day, how do they act? I know this is weird because most times you're like, how's your day going? How many times like, oh man, it's a good day. And what happens, right? How do they act? All right, so kick around kind of one of those three questions. All right. So is it good to be around a person is excited? Does anybody disagree with this? Unless you're just like a super Scrooge, <laughs> which all of us can be. I hate that person. They're happy. I'm going to get you. <laughs> She's just waiting with like some kind of beanbag gun. Or is it good to be around a person who's excited? Yes. Right? It's infectious. Uh, have you ever been near someone who just like, uh, maybe this is a guy thing, I don't know what the girl equivalent of it is, you're checking your phone and there's like a score that you like, okay, and they just get really, really excited, right? They do things to, to let you know their excitement. Does an excited person keep their excitement to themselves? No. No. Whatever they are excited about, if they're excited like you are going to know it, you don't have to ask any questions whatsoever, right? They're going to tell you about it. <clears throat> when someone has a good day, right, how do they act? Right, it's the same thing, right, that, that as opposed to a moment or an event, right, that someone comes home. Anybody in the last six months met a person that had like a good day? Anybody? Right? Wasn't it so cool you came in, what were they doing? They were smiling. Right? They were excited. You walked up to them, you're like, what happened? <laughs> and then uh, some semblance of uh, somebody gave me something that I wasn't expecting. Right? Uh, somebody asked me out. Uh, I got the job. Right? Uh, I just came back from like a sporting event or a concert. Just something that I was like, I really, really enjoyed. If I could have a video, right, a good day looks like the equivalent of like the aftermath of when the clock hit zero, right, at the end of the Tennessee game or the Clemson game, right, what was happening? Like people were just jubilant, right, they were excited, right, they were happy, they were joyful, they were expressing that joy that, that something had happened, right, that caused them to, like it, excitement is like I can't contain it. We read about David dancing as before the Lord and people were kind of put off by it, but he wasn't, right? That he was celebrating, right? Something that made his emotions overflow in a positive way. And when we think about that idea that that is available to us, but do we, right, get excited, right? Are we joyful? Do we have a reason to be joyful as followers of Christ? Absolutely. Right, that as the things that he has done for us, right, that are outside of us, right, living his truth, right, dying on the, Christ, uh, on the cross, rising again, Right, these are outside of us, but then he talks in John 15 about abiding in us. Right, that these things are not things that happened, right, that affect us, but they is a relationship that we can enjoy now. 
Think about the things that make days bad in contrast to good days. The good days bring unexpected positive things that we can't, that we can't believe that we were so fortunate to have, to experience, right? What do the bad days bring? How do they come upon us? Because things that we didn't expect to happen happen in the opposite way, right? So we come to the scripture that we uh, read earlier. And what I want you to do is I want you to look at these and I want you to uh, put yourself in Mary's shoes. That Mary is going to proclaim some words that are expressing joy in her life. Okay? And she's going to say some specific things. But I want you to think about what would it look like for me to express joy and what would have to happen in my life for me to be able to say these things. Does that make sense? Has everyone in the room had a joyous moment? Have expressed excitement? Done like, like this, or like a fist pump, or yelled out of sheer excitement? I want you to think about as uh, as Mary is proclaiming this, that he has the biggest, hugest smile she's ever had on her face. And Mary says, my soul, I want you to read these smiling in your head, right? Mary says, my soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regard for the humble state of his bondslave. For behold, from the time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. We need to uh, talk around your table. What has happened in Mary's life? up until this point, what, does, what is going on with her, right? And what has, uh, and what is she expressing uh, specifically in these, uh, in these first four verses, just down to, from 46 to 49? Just kind of talk through this. Somebody can read the verse out loud. What's going on? What is she sharing? So if you're... Um, if you're taking notes, I want you to, uh, to write this down. Great gladness in my life, great gladness in my life comes from extreme goodness that I don't feel I deserve. Great gladness in my life comes from extreme goodness that I don't feel I deserve. Say it one more time. Great gladness in my life comes from extreme goodness that I don't feel I deserve. Now, when we, when we think about joy, okay, that is naming it. All right? Now, as we experience joy, typically it is momentary. That we, that we think that that comes from an external source, right? 
Think about all the, uh, the thing about the last five times that you were super excited, okay? Did any of those come from an internal source? It was all external, right? Things that happened, things that were given to you, okay? So we know the feeling, we like it, <laughs> we celebrate it, but what Mary is expressing here that we struggle with is that she's expressing things that are true and they don't change. And they will not change in her life. Do you understand the difference? That as Mary proclaims right, God's goodness to her specifically, not just generally, a lot of times we struggle right, with personalizing God's goodness, that, oh, that's just general. I can say it, but I don't kind of own it. Right? I don't take ownership of the truth of who I am in Christ. Right? Don't we? And so as we look at Mary's example, this is the first thing that we need to take away. That we need to get better at this. Okay? Right now, we're nowhere. <laughs> it's not something that we're seeking right, to engage in. We are literally waiting for joy to hit us in the face. We are waiting for somebody to bring us unexpected flowers. We are waiting for a promotion that I didn't know I needed. We're waiting for a football team to win that we don't expect to win. Robert, what Mary is teaching us here is that the power right, of us reminding right, ourselves the goodness that we experience day to day, that I personally, Rob Nichols, right, I have things to be joyous about. And that my taking time to do this, right, in the power of the Holy Spirit is going to bring joy into my life. And this comes from, right, the season. This is the most joyous season. Why? Because something is coming to the, into the world that has never been in the world before. That there is a reason to hope. That there is a Prince of Peace coming that I can participate with, that can be king over me. That joy is available because the things that he brings cannot be taken away if I will take hold of them. That the love that he shows me is now defined, right, separate from how I might define it. And so we can explain like Mary does, that my soul exalts the Lord. Do you understand when we have an inner joy? you understand what she's saying? That my very person that you can't see, this, that person's about to jump out of my skin. That my very soul exalts the Lord. What it says, it makes Him large. Right? That lifts Him up. That He wants to make Him known. When we're excited about it, what is it that we're excited about? Right? When we get flowers, what are we, whoever likes flowers, what are you excited about when you receive flowers? What's, what's the thing? It's not the thing, it's what? Say again? The thought. The thought. But, but there's something behind the thought. What does it represent? That someone cares about me is a physical representation that someone thinks about me so much they want to give me something that I didn't deserve. Right? 
And so often in praising that person, you know, so-and-so gave me flowers. Look at these. You're, you can't, like, you shove them in front of people. Hey, look, over. They're on the table. You're like... <laughs> what are you trying to do? You're trying to make that person large. You're trying to lift them up. You're trying to exalt them because of what they did in your life. Over flowers. Flowers are awesome. Think about how many of us need flowers when we have a Savior that has loved us well. It's great to get flowers. But guys, you have a person that is trying to express every day, every hour, every minute through His Holy Spirit that He loves you. And that He's done things for you. And that He will do things for you. That He wants to abide with you. That's the best flowers and news that you should ever receive. That there is a God who wants to live His life with you. He wants to cohabitate with you for your good. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Look at the language here. What does it mean to rejoice? It means to proclaim joy again and again and again and again. It is reminding ourselves of the reason for our joy. How many times, how many carols have this verbiage in it? How many scriptures remind us to rejoice? To express joy over and over and over again about right, our lot with Christ. That we are His children. That we are co-heirs of a kingdom that is eternal. See, I think this is really hard in this season in our commercialized right, space because what? We got things to do, man. We got presents to buy. We got parties to go to. We got things to watch. <laughs> but do we have a God to praise? Do we have joy that we've taken hold of? Let's finish up here. Verse 48, she proclaims, for he has regard for the humble state of his bond slave. See, she thinks that she's unworthy even though she is carrying the Christ child. <laughs> she thinks that, that she is unworthy, right, just to be, right, a part of his kingdom. See, I am just a humble bond slave, but he has regard for me, that he looks at even me as Americans, we wake up, right, with expectations, right, in an understanding that, that, that I'm going to get what's mine. See, that, that idea might be the thief of joy. Because when I think that I deserve things, how can, how can joy rest with me? Because I'm only going to be happy when I get what I think I deserve. I think Mary had, uh, had more to boast about than anybody. Of all the earth, of the people living at that time, he said, she's going to be the mother of my son. Be it our 
you or me any more deserving to have the gift of his Holy Spirit? During this season, it's going to be so important for us to realize that I don't deserve anything that I get. Quite the opposite, in fact. But isn't that odd that as I would do work to decrease myself, that joy would increase in me? Because why? Because then I'll realize that the things that God gives me the things that cannot be taken away are the things that, right, should make me glad versus the things that actually do. And so that is on us <laughs> because you are the one that actively propagates this idea of deserving, of what I deserve and what I don't deserve, right? This is what comes with our good and our bad days. Then my bad days come with me over and over getting what I don't think I deserve. I've got a high bar of the things that Rob should get and should happen to him on a given day, right? I shouldn't encounter any traffic. Nobody should give me any lip. <laughs> All the things that I want to happen should be easy peasy. that I am the center of the universe, that I should never be uncomfortable or asked to do anything difficult. And yet we wonder why day after day I come home <laughs> disappointed. God died so that his, pe his people right, could experience joy it could experience it to the full. God's people should be joyful. And so the work that I think we must do and that I must do is to make that a reality. Because the things that make me unhappy, the things that rob my joy... Right, are things that I let do that. So let's finish up and then you have time to discuss. I'm just going to read the scripture one more time. Verse 50. And his mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear him. That he will never take his mercy away. We are so individualistic, but should not be excited that there is a God and a king who wants to be merciful towards all. Shouldn't I be excited that I'm included in that bunch versus assume that I am? How we are so, I am so bad at this. 51, he has done mighty deeds with his arms and has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servants, in remembrance of his mercy. And as he spoke to our fathers and to Abraham and his descendants forever. So as Jesus declares these things, she has a huge smile on her face because she is remembering God's goodness. And that never leaves her. 
So as uh, for, the, for our last five minutes, I just want you to, to share your thoughts about that, to share your thoughts about where you are with joy. <laughs> and I'll close this uh, with a blessing and we'll be dismissed. All right. Um, as, we, as we close, uh, I'd like to hear uh, just a couple thoughts that people would be so nice to share just where, where, uh, where we are with joy. Just a couple thoughts from around the table real quick as we dismiss. Anybody? They're leaving. They don't want to share. I'm out. No eye contact. Kara, what did you all talk about? There we go. We just talked about how it's important to frame our mindset of like all of the things that we have, we don't deserve. Thus, everything is a blessing. Mm -hmm. And when we get upset about something that's like been taken away and it's like robbing our joy, it's like we have to recognize, hey, I didn't deserve that. Like I, I'm glad that God let me have that in my life, but I didn't deserve that. Mm -hmm. And all these other things that I do have, I also don't deserve. Mm -hmm. And like having that mindset helps us to be joyful and recognize it. Amen. That's great. Over here? Yeah, Alex? Um, like, it was, it was kind of along the lines of what Carol was talking about, but just like the idea that we don't, like we think we deserve so much and that's like the source of our discontentment, but that really is like where the Lord calls us to just like be reminded and find that joy is that like we're undeserving but like so is everyone else and that's like where the source of our joy and excitement comes from yeah that's helpful over here we talked about joy being uh, like something we're not good at mm -hmm. that we have to kind of be intentional about and that like it doesn't always come naturally when we're focusing on just ourselves for sure and so when you have that focus of others and that focus of humility, you can have that joy when you kind of get something that you feel like you don't deserve. Yeah, awesome. Over here? Anything? I got you. All right. <laughs> Nobody else will talk. Uh, we basically talked about how joy was more external than we actually felt internally on anything, and it was more socially acceptable to accept the external yeah. than it is the internal. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's modeled for us, right? So it's helpful for us to see Mary express internal joy. This is nothing external to me that is something given. That's very helpful. All right? How about over here? Um, so <laughs> I had Sabrina will talk that. for anyone. Um, <laughs> but I was just talking about, like, in this season, like, there is a lot of joy in getting to be with family and the blessing that that is. But this sounds silly, but almost like not losing sight of the joy of being together and all of that and kind of almost separating that from the work the Lord has done and these great big things that the great big works the Lord has done that I almost lose sight of because I'm just excited to have my whole family in the same room. Like it's not a bad thing and it's not something I can't praise the Lord for, but recognizing like this is a season of save a savior not just let's hang out and eat food yeah <laughs> good all right over here oh <laughs> um, well we focused on like if you have joy you also have to have grief okay and um, um we brought up the point that um 
between worldly grief, which uh, leads to death, mm -hmm. and uh, godly grief, which leads to repentance. Yeah. And so, if you have that a good balance, you have joy at a good balance too. Yeah, awesome. Um, let me uh, read a blessing for us as we leave. This is from 1 Thessalonians 2, 12 through 13. And so may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone. May he make your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Amen. Father, we thank you uh, for the opportunity uh, to learn from your word. Lord, I pray in your Holy Spirit, Father, that you would uh, convict us Father, teach us, lead us into joy. Father, help us develop habits that are keeping with feeling undeserving of your love, that, that is not expected, Lord, that we, uh, that we can experience the joy that you have for us and that it can be made full as we continue to abide in you and to enjoy the relationship that you offer us. We love you, Father, and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen.